0: How are you, Harry? Good, thank you. I'm looking at doing a little bit of epoxy work. Yes, I can help you there. Do you have a product? I do. Who, who does it come from? It comes from Hammeroo. Let me have a look, please. My, my, that looks like a two-part mix. It is a two-part mix, and it's a two-to-one mix, as it says on the bottom. Is it made in Australia? It is. I might take a few more then. Well, I only have these. I'll take those. Thank you very much. Okay.
1: Thank you, Harry.
0: You're welcome, boss. the pipe. So that was a, a nice word from one of our supporters to the show. Yes, Chris. yes, always, as uh, always. They are super supportive. They are proudly, yes. proudly, proudly. support us. Exactly. So it's a great pleasure today to introduce a couple of gentlemen who are. Uh, um, very professional box makers. Box makers. And that's something we've not really spoken about on this yeah, show. Because no, it's something you don't really think about, is it? It's not. It's, it's something you see when you go to market sometimes. You see yeah. some beautiful, uh, you know, jewellery boxes and assortment of things. But it's something that, yeah, it's nice to see and get an idea of why people actually do make them. So yeah. on today's show, we have um, Daniel Grace. from. He's known as Dash 22, I think on the social yep. media platform mm-hmm. and also welcoming uh, from up near brisbane david who's uh known as the box junkie on instagram as well welcome gentlemen thank you thank you dick thanks for having us pleasure pleasure so um as we always do we give a good grilling and a hard hard line of questions here on yeah. The, uh... <laughs> yeah um let's let's go back to the beginning of uh, your journey um Obviously, you may not have uh, directly got into box making. So how did you start out? We'll start with you, David.
2: I did an apprenticeship when I left school, a joinery apprenticeship. Um, I've always made my own furniture, always had tools, um, but got into got out of that, got into sales, but um, built a house out here and built a shed and I always had some machinery and fitted the shed out and bought a cheap, Ute load of timber slabs one day, and uh, thought, "What am I going to do with all this stuff?" And just went looking around on woodwork forums and saw boxes, and thought, "Yep, that'll be it."
0: Wow, that's uh, sweet, isn't it? Yeah. How long have you
2: been doing it for? Oh, about seven years now, I think.
0: Okay, there you go. And and your trade? Are you still working near or related I to trade? A, um,
2: well, I was full-time up until COVID started and then I was made redundant, 22 years in the uh, aluminium industry. So um, I had a year off, concentrated on making boxes and um, last year got a part-time job with Lincoln Century. Okay. So I uh, work in the call centre for Lincoln Century for three days a week and then I spend the other four in the workshop. Well, we all aspire to that
0: dream, a, don't what we? What a great life that is. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It is. It is. It's. Um.
0: I couldn't be happier at the moment. It's great. Good. Good. It's nice to hear. Uh, yourself, Daniel. You, you've got a quite a colourful history. And uh, I have spoken to you prior, but um, can yep. you sort of fill in the listeners about what you've done in your past?
3: Uh, well, I, I was a um, I'm a, uh, I'm a cadena maker by trade. I I started my apprenticeship when I was 15 years old. So I've basically been in the in the cabinet game all through my life, uh, except for a couple of little spurts of other little jobs, but I always came back to cabinet making. And uh, and I'm retired now. So, so years and years of cabinet making, doing heavy furniture and heavy kitchens, I just wanted to make something that was small that I didn't have to lift. And box making fitted, fitted the bill perfectly, because they're small they're, they're, and they're intricate. And you can use all the different timbers when you're doing cabinet making, yeah, um, a lot of time the the client the client only wants to use a certain timber, or the kitchen's only a blackwood timber or something. So, so I like mixing a lot of timbers in my boxes. So that's mm. what I like doing. So, so now I'm retired. It's a great hobby to have. It's a great yes, hobby. And how to long have. you been doing that for? Ah, uh, I've, I've been retired now for four years, but I've only really started started box making for about eighteen months. Eighteen months ago, I suppose I started it. I fitted out my garage during COVID. And then I was like, well, now I've got to fit it out garage all the machinery. What am I gonna make? I didn't want to make any big furniture anymore. So mm. that's when I got into box making. So, okay. so that's, made, that's basically my story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well,
1: COVID's um COVID's changed a lot of people's lives, hasn't it? Oh, In definitely. one case the guy's been retrenched, you know, and uh, and got into it, another In case a guy's you know, sitting in his uh, in his house wondering, what the hell am I going to do? I can't go out anywhere, so I'll start making boxes. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I had a chance to meet Daniel and it um, was interesting because he actually gave me a, a little bit of inspiration to keep a lot of the uh, smaller offcuts of timber. And whilst well, I probably made one box, I did the commission build not that long ago, but um it's something that all right you can utilize the leftovers mm-hmm. and produce something you know and as daniel mentioned it's uh it doesn't have a big footprint no so it's one of those things off cuts yeah. and you can create something really nice intricate mm-hmm. you know you everything to do with woodworking that lies within that so no that's good that's good and um chris you uh, no you you got the questions <laughs> there mate Great notes. all right so um yeah we, we covered a little bit about the box making um now, how, how did you sort of david find uh a style of box that you thought you could make or are you someone who creatively comes up with an idea and says i'm going to run with this and try that um
2: i tend to let the timber do the talking um, i only use highly figured timbers um so i don't have to do a lot of embellishing and you know, fancy stuff. I like just to make a plain box and uh, let the timber talk. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: Are there, is it hard for you to find the timbers that you need up in, in Queensland?
2: No, I get them shipped up from Victoria, Tasmania, wherever I find it,
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we tend to want to get timbers from Queensland and you're doing the opposite. Hmm. Well, Cause uh, I think Tasmania has
2: the best timbers in the world, so that's that's what I yeah. like to stick to.
0: No, they, they, they definitely do. Um, I've I got a mate over there who sent me some uh, sassafras and um, oh, just a bit of and pine and things mm-hmm. like that a, a few years ago. Yeah, it, it is beautiful timber. Um, yeah. And we, we tend to get our hands – it's not a timber, but the, the camphor stuff is – Pretty much uh, sought after down here, which is uh you know, it does have a nice sort of pattern and figure to it. Lowell, yeah. yeah, it's mm. um it's not it's a pest, it's a weed, isn't it? It's a weed That's up there, it. isn't it?
2: It's everywhere up here. Everybody's everybody's making river tables and everything mm. out of camper up here.
3: Yeah. Uh, and yourself, Daniel? Yeah, well I'm 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 a, bit, I'm a bit different today, but I'd like to use um the um, just the plain tins out, out of that I get from the big box store, or or I got basically anywhere, and and I like to mix them a lot. I I, I can use five, six, seven different sorts of timber in one box. So okay. and I just I, I just pick them as I want, and the style of box that I I do, I just come up with an idea of how a box is going to look, and I just go and make it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all different styles. I got uh, I got no set style. And some some of them don't even look like boxes. Some some of them some of them look like like this one, like 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 that one. It's it's, it's the cube box. So so there's all so they're they all different shapes inside the box. And yeah, in I, the box I saw that video. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I saw you making yeah. that video. That was that was a pretty interesting
0: box.
3: Yeah. So so I, I just I just like to use. A different style, a different um, just just what comes in my head. In my head, for the, the box I so, Okay. Where do you get your timbers from? Um, I, I I I get I get I use a lot for the big box store. I, I reckon they're they're good. They're good value. They're finger jointed mainly, but mm. I don't really care that much. And I also get them from Matthew's Timber. They're they're, they're the exotic timbers that I use as a highlight but they're pretty expensive, the Sobranos and the wenges and all those sort of timbers. Mm-hmm. And I've, over my years, I've collected a lot of blackwood and soury top pine and and uh, beech and uh, and Queensland uh, maple and all that sort of stuff They've have got them in the shed. So I kind of just get them anywhere I can, basically. Yeah. But I've got a whole yeah. shed of them already.
0: You don't, you don't get out in the bush and, uh, you know, Find a bit of no,
3: no, no. I'm more of a city person. I hardly go to the bush bush at all. Yeah, yeah. I just like to stay in the city. That's
1: what I do. um, We've uh, asked a couple of hard questions, hard-hitting questions. We're going to an ad. We're going to an ad break. All right. All right. So uh, don't go away. No, we'll be right back. Hi, Chris. I've got a problem. What's your problem, mate? I need to get a sign, mate. Out of what? Preferably this bit of timber. I think I can help you. How? With my Bluey from Blue Calf CNC. How's that, Rob? That's fantastic, Chris. Where do I get one? Mate, just give Adam a Blue Calf CNC a call. He'll help you out.
0: So another nice little advert there. Chris, your editing is brilliant. What can I say? not you know, say
1: anything. Oh.
0: Let's continue. <laughs> no, thank you to our supporters. Uh, we've picked up a few good supporters this season. Chris, yes, yes. Um, and they are really coming to the party. And hopefully uh, people watching this show will, you know, uh, frequent their establishments mm-hmm. because they do have, uh, you know, things that are probably uh, conducive to the, things we do yes uh, on offer so uh, that's good all right we have the uh two gentlemen in our studios another studio today uh mm-hmm. daniel dash
3: 22 he's on instagram and also youtube i must say daniel you're. Uh... Yep, yeah, yeah i've got a, a, a youtube show, youtube show woodworking with dash yep. where i show people exactly how to make uh, the boxes that I'm, I'm making so i go okay. step by step and uh, and, they, and they follow along and no, also insane. you've got um you're doing two videos a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing a, a long, a long, a long video every, every Wednesday or Thursday and a short video uh every Sunday of a, of a, an old one that I cut down so it's very watchable for entertainment sake. So. Uh David,
0: are you um a part outside of uh Instagram? Are you active on any other social media platforms?
2: Oh just Facebook. Facebook, just the
1: okay. Yeah. Any uh, any uh, desire to start a YouTube channel or an Instagram page or anything?
2: Um. Well, I'm on Instagram, but I don't. I don't have the time to to do YouTube, honestly. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, it is. It is time consuming, to be honest. Uh. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah, a bit of work too, isn't it? Oh yeah. It is a bit of work, but yeah. um, yeah. I think instagram is really good especially you can do videos on instagram short videos and that um, which is all good mm-hmm. so we, we've touched a little bit upon the uh types of timbers you use and that um, now have you have you used any different materials outside of just hardwoods or even softwoods like have you delved into making plywood uh, gift boxes or boxes out of that material david we'll start with you mate
2: no actually just timber I use I use uh, plywood from a box basis, but that's about it. Um, everything else is is timber. So. so
0: not even would you would you consider some of the you know like uh, marine ply or uh, what what are the popular American ones that they always
2: uh, Baltic birch Baltic
0: birch things mm. like that? They, they they tend to look quite nice.
2: If someone asked me, I I would, but. Um, I wouldn't do it off my own back no
0: yeah
2: yeah
0: fair enough daniel you're um
3: you've got a big collection of uh plywood as i recall yep yeah, yeah i i i have i use i use a lot of i use some different materials in my boxes i use birch ply as a uh, substrate carcass in my draw boxes so I can, okay. I can make the box any any shape i want to and then i basically cover it in timber so the yep. the, uh, the ply acts like a uh, like the bones of a box, and I, I can build up any, anything I want out of that. I also use um, some of the natural material. I use a, a couple of rocks in uh, in one, one of my uh, two of my boxes. I'll, I'll, I'll get you an example. That's that's an example of of a rock in a box. You see the rocks coming through the box. Yeah, that's like a little village. And it's uh, got a river coming into the box, so it's like a river village. Is that but resin? It's made, but it's made of boxes too. It's got a um, the, the box so you can keep your jewelry in the in the, in the little huts. Okay. Uh, Is that, resin? that comes in my head. I just go start to make it. So I make all the different awesome. sorts of, of, of boxes. Okay. So in all the different shapes and styles.
0: And, and Chris was just asking, do you, do you use a epoxy resin, Is that? Uh, the no, I,
3: yeah, I, I use epoxy resin in the rivers, yes. Okay. And uh, I finish my boxing with a, um, the two with a single pack lacquer. A spray, All spray right. lacquer, three coats. So yeah, and that can do uh, well. So David, um,
0: just thinking outside the box, using uh, a different material to incorporate into your box making such as say inlays of sorts have you have you considered you know uh, what you can work with as far as that goes
2: uh, yeah I've considered inlays I use uh, brass pins on um, on lids sometimes um, I've thought about doing brass uh, corner stakes but um, haven't gone there really yep it's just like the timber
1: is that sorry? Is that because um, the customer hasn't asked for it, or you're just not interested in going down that
2: road, or um, what, what... not really interested? To tell you okay. the truth, uh, customers I find don't have a lot of requests. Um, customer just wants a box. You have to you have to prompt them. You have to ask them all the questions um, to get out to get you know get out of them what you what you want to make for them.
0: Yeah. um yeah uh, that definitely is a pain in the ass to, <laughs> to, to be frank um yeah people go, can you make this yes of course but uh, how would you like it to look i don't know well you know i can't look between the ear hole and see what your design is um yeah so you're, you're pretty right there david it's hard to get, get uh, an interpretation like, from customers
2: it's like pulling teeth in the yeah it is. It is. Yeah. I, you know, I always, um, I always stress and fuss over what hinges I'm going to use on a box, and you know what's going to look good and 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 what's going to work properly. And in the end, people don't even look at the hinges. Yeah. They look at the box. They say, "Yeah, I like that. I'll have that." Yeah. They don't even turn it over to have a look at the hinges. So, you know, they're they're happy with whatever's behind there. They're happy with. Exactly. Mm.
0: Daniel, you're um how do you how do you construe this?
3: Um the yeah, yeah, the uh I uh I don't sell many, I don't sell many boxes, but uh what I what I make, I just like to um, what were the, sorry, what was the question again? Okay. Yeah, but
0: so you know, incorporating uh, inlays and things like that. Oh okay,
3: yeah, inlays that's right. Okay. Yeah, no, no I, I do I do a bit of bit of resin inlay and i and i do a bit of um a little bit of brass brass inlay in the tops and uh but other than that i I don't do much inlay at all oh oh, sorry i do do some uh, timber inlay with the laser machine so i i uh, i I raster the the shape out of a uh out of a piece of timber and i insert a bit an inlay into that with the laser machine that works well
0: um
3: shall we have we
0: heard from another sponsor yet?
1: We can if you
0: want. Yeah, let's let's get that uh, our sponsors, not our sponsors, our supporters. Our supporters. Yep. Yeah. Do they wear our merchandise and beanies and that? Supporters. They would they would be caught dead wearing our Show you a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. And we'll uh, we'll take a small break and we'll be right back. Right. Yeah, g'day. How you going? I'm good, mate. Yourself?
0: Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, there's a bit of a material going about called Structure Panel. Yeah, it's great stuff. Is this place stock it? We've got tons of it. Tons of it. Can I get a ton? Alright. Or just start with one sheet? I'll give you one sheet to start with. Alright, let me have it. Oh, that's big. Thanks, mate.
1: Have fun. See ya. Another happy customer.
0: Oops. Chris. Yes, mate? Seems like we have a new addition to our show. A new addition? Yes. I think it comes in the form of tips and tricks. And announcing those will be... As long as it's
1: not James Finger. It's gotta be. The one and only. The ever-lovable, you mean? Yeah.
0: So here's
4: James! G'day those who measure twice and cut once. James from Fixer Fingers Woodworking here to talk about one of the things when setting up a workshop that is often overlooked that you put up with and you really shouldn't. Adequate lighting. Now, when I started out the workshop, I had a single old-school incandescent 100-watt globe up top here, and it was enough, but if you see it in my old videos, it was really crappy since then i've taken steps to improve this and even if you do not film your woodworking just having the right amount of light will vastly improve your experience as much as any good workbench clamp or tool will so what can we do about it firstly this open the garage door if you are lucky enough to be in a workshop or unlucky enough to be in a workshop that is also a garage then the amount of natural light you can get in is fantastic just by having that thing open also helps with your airflow secondly spotlighting directly above my head i've got a little led which is directly above where my workbench would usually sit giving me a really good spotlight on that exact location on top of that i've installed four banks of large leds and those are what are providing about 2,000 lumens to the vast majority of my workshop. I've got a whole video on how I put those up, and they are what made the really, really big improvement. I just designed some little boxes, hung them up there, and had the Sparky come in. And look, the couple hundred bucks I paid to get those wired up was some of the best money that I have spent in the workshop. On top of that, because you tend to get really directional light in a garage, I also have. One of these. Now, of course, for filming purposes, very handy, but for your general woodwork purposes, if you've got this harsh shadow coming from one side all the time because you have a major light source like a garage door, being able to offset it with a soft LED thing that I've just got on a tripod is brilliant because that way you're going to be able to see your cut lines and things without the shadows coming in from that one direction. So even if you aren't a filmer, again, having a portable reasonably soft source of light is going to be very, very handy. These sorts of lights aren't the best. Great if you're up in a roof and you need to illuminate some beams and things to have a peek around in there. For the workshop, I find that while I got this, I rarely use the torch function. It's just too direct. It highlights such a small area. Maybe if you're doing some really specific spot work, really fine detail stuff and you want to light it up well, but this style of torch Yeah, probably not the best. I would much rather have and would recommend you get those soft panels for doing that directional lamp lighting. That's on a battery too, so I can move it around cord-free as much as I want. I told you they'd keep getting shorter as the season wore on. Lights. Really think about your lights. If you are going to spend some money somewhere to improve your workshop experience, then that is where I would put my coin. That's all I've got for today. I'll catch you on the next one. James from Fix It Fingers out
0: all right back on the show with uh daniel and david talking about box making now i've got a i've got a question to do with um we generally think about jewelry boxes don't we when we're um, talking about this sort of thing um david in other aspects are there different types of boxes that you make for people who say can you make me this for this reason
2: uh, yeah i have Requests for boxes for um, just singular gems, uh, crystals, um, urns for ashes, um, jewellery boxes, watch boxes. I mean, jewellery box can be a multitude of, of, of internal set-outs, so you know, it's up to yeah. the customer what they want. They, um, they tell me, and I produce it for them. But, uh, okay. yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. Um I couldn't think of everything. I, I rely on customers to come with me, to come to me with their requests. And I think, oh, yeah, that's something I haven't done. So, yeah, I look forward to doing it.
0: And speaking of customers, David, where, where do you where do you find that you get, you know, people, do they ring you from your advertising or do you generally have word of mouth?
2: Um, I do advertising on Instagram and, and Facebook. So I get a lot of contacts through that. I have quite a few return customers now, which is good. Um, uh, yeah, friends, word of mouth. Yep. I'm not one of those people who every time someone contacts me, I ask them, where did you find out about me? I probably should, but um, I don't. I just accept it as being good and I, and I take it.
1: Do you do any of the um, local markets or anything like that?
2: I used to do markets before COVID hit, um, and they were sort of hit and miss. I mean, it's people who go to the markets go with fifty dollars in their pocket, and they're willing to to you know to buy something to eat and a trinket here or whatever. But a lot of people want to spend you know two, three, four hundred dollars on a Sunday market. So um, once COVID hit, obviously we stopped markets. Um, I started again but found that I was just sitting there for six hours, you know, paying money to go, sitting there for six hours and, and not making a sale. So I've basically given up markets now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd rather, rather be in the workshop.
0: Fair enough. Daniel, you, you you mentioned, I think you mentioned before, you make your boxes, um, you know, generally because you enjoy doing it and do you find that you get saleable items and. And or do you find
3: that you give a lot away? I find I get a lot, I give a lot away. I'm a bit like David. I, I tried the markets first and it oh. was like David. You sit there for five or six hours and, and you might have one sale and they're beating you down to the bare minimum. So it's it's really not worth it. I'm like David. I'd rather just be in my wickup making it. So, so I just give them away to friends. Or I get, I get a sale every now and again from a customer, but uh, I'm I'm really not fast. I just I just put them on my shelf. I just I just keep them. Basically, yeah. so I'm really making the boxes for myself. That's why I can make any any design or any any um, any uh, timber I, 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 I want to use. But I, I can make all the decisions. When you when you're making a box for somebody else, like when I was making furniture for other people or kitchens, you got to evolve them in the process. But say they're paying the money. So so they, they have to know exactly what, what they what they're getting. So and that can be very stressful at times. This is, but you've got to live up to their expectations about about what they want. So it's yeah. uh, when when you take all the other way and just make boxes for yourself, there's no stress. And I'm all about no stress in my life when I'm retired. So that's how it is.
1: It's a good way to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm You're still working, and i to that. learn
0: something from that. Yeah, I know. i got to take something from that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've um, I've noticed at markets that you have uh, people who are more successful in making things, but they 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 build them together out of uh, cheaper, nasty offcuts and use hammer and nail and a bit of glue, and sell it for ten bucks, fifteen bucks. And you see yeah. people walking around markets just with the stuff like that, and. Mm gentlemen just such as yourself who put a lot of time and effort into making and you know wanting to get a little bit of a, a return on that uh um, yeah. yeah as you said you're sitting there all day lucky if you get a sale so yeah I yeah mean, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So. yeah no, look,
1: david's right um look, yeah david's right when he says um you know people go to these markets with 50 bucks in their pocket they might buy a couple of snags you know mm. uh you know some little item and that's it they're not there they're not prepared to spend the big money so um i've i've done two markets so far with my pens and um and i i noticed they sell a lot better um because i'm actually, i'm not selling pens for you know four or five hundred dollars each but a pen like this you know that i've turned i can sell it for eighty dollars people are happy to pay that you know yeah um but uh, yeah boxes would be
0: probably a, a whole different story one yeah one one thing we have discussed what privately is um uh value adding uh what you make into another sale so for, for arguments sake a real estate agent you know you could uh say good day and say look in the sale of the home would you incorporate a, a pen as part of the gift you know
1: no there's the, the one pen that i make um it's made out of coffee beans and it smells like coffee and i've sold a couple of them to the local coffee shops and people love them there you know yeah.
2: So that, that's probably yeah. something
0: you can look at right. well i'm just saying
2: that's yeah just doing. throwing it out there yeah. gentlemen <laughs> my um my partner is in real estate and um when she has a sale or or if she's she has a new la- uh, landlord uh, that brings on a um brings on a rental um i make i make just a small nice little box and she gives that as a gift, so that's good. I have yeah, pens okay. printed with I have pens printed with my name on it, so every time I sell something, I send a couple of pens away with it. So.
0: Yeah, beautiful. No, that is good. That's uh, one way of getting your your name out there. Mm. And yeah. yeah, have you got another hard hitting question, Dirk? Um, not yet.
1: What do you got? Um, I'd be interested to in, know uh, what's um. What's your most memorable box that you've made? So somebody has come to you with, uh, you know, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the right word to say here. Um, that's got a lot of meaning to it for the customer. Which uh, have you got anything sentimental? Be, sentimental value. There's the word. That's what I'm looking for. So, David, anything most sentimental box you've made for a customer?
2: Oh, look, ashes urns are always are always the ones that get me. You know, it's especially for young children it's very hard for the yeah. parents to lose young child and you know you're making something that 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 child is going to be represented for forever. you know it's it's um it's really nice doing that sort of stuff that's that, that, that's my, that's the main thing yeah that, that'd be a hard one to.
0: oh you you, you your focus would be like unbelievable when making something like that because yeah
2: you're part of that aren't you the the whole you are and and it's hard to ask questions because you know that you know that that couple are grieving and um Mm. you know you don't want to be in their face with you know what sort of hinges do you want all this sort of stuff so i have to i have to think about what goes into a box and and the finish and what timbers and well, the customer usually knows what timber they want, but all the other features, I just sort of think, well, yeah, I'll do that because that looks good. It's not overstated, you know, and um, it, it always, usually always works, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, it's, I suppose similar if, you, if you're making a plaque, uh, engraving a plaque for, you know, same reason, mm. it, the attention to detail of focus has to be there. Because uh, yeah, it's, it's very serious, isn't it? It is. Yeah, uh, it's sentimental, like I said.
3: Daniel, uh, what about yourself, mate? Um, yeah, one of one of the most uh, sentimental boxes that have the, 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 a lot of meaning for me was was the box that I helped a 15 year old boy to make for his mum, and I was so pleased that he was interested in making a box. So, so I, I I took him in took him in the shed and we just made a a. a an MDF box that we were going to paint up and and, and then put uh, a, a laser, a logo for his mum in the centre. And and he showed a lot of interest and we did it together and we finished it and he presented it to his mum, which is a friend of mine. And it was just so touchy that he wanted to do that for his mum. So it was just a, just about getting a young person into the art of box making or into, into any uh, craft art. So, but just just to get them off the phone, basically they just they like that all the time, aren't they? So, yeah, so that's been, the most memorable box I made. I think yeah. has, has he gone uh, on with it? Yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit. He's, he's still interested in um, in in box making, and he's still he still does a, a little bit of art, art at home. Uh, but again, he's grown up a bit now, and he's into the girls, and you know that all goes out the window for a while. Uh, yeah. That's what happens. So just,
1: I was gonna say something then.
3: Yeah, course, the crying.
1: yeah. yeah. Crying. Right, yeah yes. Sure, down. am right, sorry.
3: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Wrong choice of words. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I keep yeah. forgetting we've got female listeners as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um just a quick question here, gentlemen, David. Um the the amount of uh, machines or the things tools you need to be a box maker is, I would say probably on a smaller scale than doing a, a big type workshop environment. Is that something? Would you would you agree with that? Oh,
2: definitely. Yeah, yeah. You don't need you don't need the big machinery. Um, my two most used machines are the bandsaw and the drum sander. Um, I very rarely use the thicknesser anymore. Um, because because of the timbers I use, it just chops them up. Um, uh, I have a, um, a jointer as well, which I use, obviously. But, uh, yeah, the, the bandsaw is the number one tool in the shed. Yeah. As far as hand tools go, I use, you know, chisels and uh, have a little block plane. I have one plane that I use, just a little block plane. Um, that's about it.
3: Excellent. Mm. And and Daniel, yeah, I've got my my kit for my kit for seen. They just Um, I, I I use I use my table saw the most. I've got a sliding table saw, which I, I do most of my work on there. And I've, I've also got the thickness of the drum sander, and the and the jointers and the big band saws too. Um, but I, I'd say the uh, the table saw is my main my main tool that tool that I use. I think. Yeah, okay. plus, plus I've, I've got the, the hand planes too and, and all the other power tools that you need to do to do box making. So um, given
0: given yeah. you were a cabinet maker, you, you needed uh, yeah. all that equipment, so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: All right. Well, Chris, um, have you have you another question?
1: Um,
0: the... No. The only thing I've got now is just another break. No worries. We're
1: going to have another break. We've got, another... We've got a lot of supporters now, so we're going to have a lot of breaks. All right. So we'll be right back again. G'day, Hoss. You look like you're in trouble. Yeah, Harry. Thanks, mate. Um, I've I've been trying to sand up this blank, but I just can't get it shiny enough.
0: Mate, I've got a two-part solution from Custom Creations.
1: Really? Does it work?
0: Give it a try. I will.
1: How'd you go, Mark? Harry, that was the best stuff you could have given me. Look how yeah, shiny this pen's come
0: up. That is superb. I wow. love it. Brilliant. So back again, Chris. Uh, another good word from our support. Yes. It's our support crew. Yes. Now, uh, Do you have a question about a certain thing you were wanting to talk to the gentleman about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in uh, what kind of finishes you guys use. Um, Do you just spray paint them with lacquer, or have you got your own sort of proprietary uh, blend that you use, or uh, how do you finish off your boxes? Dave, we'll kick off with you.
2: Um, I used to use a couple of products. I've tried. Always used oil. I I won't use lacquers because I just think they're too time-consuming and messy um you need to be set up to use a lacquer especially if you want to spray and brushing is is not good enough as far as i'm concerned um i use i got on to constantia organic finishes a few years ago a knife knife making friend who i've made some boxes for every time i made him a box he'd say don't finish it and I and one day I said, "Well, what are you using?" He said, "I'm using Constantia." He said, "I'll send you some." So he sent me some, and I tried it, and it it was the best oil finish that I'd use. So um, I liked it so much that I'm now a distributor of the product. So, yeah. it's it's very
1: good. All right. Well, um, you'll have to send me some details about that stuff. We'll do. Yeah, and I'll uh, pop it up on the screen.
2: Excellent. And, I think uh, I did. Dan, sorry? sorry, I think I did send some samples, but um, quite happy to send some more for you, to, for you guys to try out.
0: Yes, I think yeah, you did send me some samples. Um, I'll, I'll dig them out and okay, I'll bring them down to you, Hoss. All right, nice. No polish your head up. Look,
1: okay, <laughs> I need a more polish <laughs> on there. Um, and you, Daniel, what what do you finish? What do you use for I, type of finishes?
3: I, I I I use I use spray lacquer. A single pack spray lacquer that I get from Wattle. It's a your commercial lacquer for cabinet makers. You can only buy it in twenty litre drums. Up. So that, that's that's why the the average guy can't buy it. But it's, it's, the drums are huge. Uh, but it's, it's a fast drying lacquer. And I give it three coats. It only takes me about uh, an hour and a half to to hour and a half to two hours to spray spray a box up. And I do, that's three coats. So that's, it's good finish. I like it. It's okay. a spray
1: lacquer, so it's a gloss finish,
3: yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a, it's a gloss finish, yeah. It's it's not a full gloss. I'd I'd say more of a semi-gloss than a gloss, but they, they call it a gloss finish, but it's only okay. single pack gloss. Interesting. See so two different uh, types of methods.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as David said, you wouldn't use a spray lacquer, like but um, yeah, I suppose it's it depends on. What you get used to, what you've used in the past, and what you know, what you see is the best result for yourself. Hmm. Um, I, I, I've tried different finishes, and oh, so I. am sort of, I don't mind, um, oh, what's forgotten the name of it, then Uh, but it's a wipe on poly urethane. Um, hmm. I haven't found them too bad. Um, and you know, leading towards some of the oils as well nowadays because. They seem to get the results I, I like to see. Um, never used it. Have you used lacquers And that? I always find the bloody, it gets clogged up. It does. You know? there's, a, there's a technique you, to it. You've got to spray outside. upside so like Spray anything. it upside so yeah, down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wish yeah. you had a time in that after about 15 cans. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, um, right, so, look, guys, we, we thank you very much for your time today. Are there any sort of... Uh, last tips or tricks you would like to you know share with our audience or just give talk about you know give box making a go david do you you recommend this as a as a good hobby
2: oh definitely Uh, especially if you're a person who likes detail who likes creating detail i mean as i said before my boxes the designs are very well they're not very plain but they're they're plain and straightforward but i um i pride myself on the joinery um everything matches everything's millimeter perfect and uh and that's what my customers see and that's why they come back um i'll show you this is one i've just finished today wow beautiful Cynthia with some Tasmanian mountain ash inlay in the lid what's that box for uh this one's going off to Western Australia to a customer oh. he bought a box off me oh, a few months back and um I posted this one uh, when I was halfway through it and he contacted me and he said yep I'll have that one as well so okay Just
1: a question from left the field have you ever made a um a cigar humidor
2: I've had re- I haven't not made one. I've had requests. Um, I've I've been looking into because you need the um, you need the little um, pouches that, that keep the moisture in the cigars, and you need the uh, hygrometer. So um, yeah, I've looked into that sort of thing, but uh, there's a, there's a bit of there's a bit of cost there. Um, I don't know about timbers. From what I've seen, they like to use a lot of cedar. In boxes like that, but um, I'm not sure whether you know blackwoods and and mountain ashes and and silky oaks are good for humidors. Something I need to look into a bit further.
1: Okay. Maybe maybe
2: camphor laurel.
1: <laughs> Poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a bit of meat,
3: yeah. And Daniel yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like David to too. I think uh, box making. A great hobby to have, uh, and and uh, I think some people get turned off because I think it's a little bit hard to do. In, in my YouTubes, I try to I try to explain how easy it is to actually make a box. And it's fairly easy to make a plain box. So uh, and I get people to follow along on the YouTubes, and uh, I've I've heard comments saying people tried box making for the first time, and 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 they're ecstatic with their with the finish that they've got. So I think it's it's a very good hobby to have, yeah. And exactly. I'm, I'm glad I'm sharing my tips with with the uh, the viewers on my YouTube channel. Yeah.
0: And and the good thing is now, hopefully, David and Daniel, you might be able to exchange some ideas, or or just uh, you know have a different person to follow on Instagram, and you know on on the yeah. endless journey of how yeah. your different boxes will turn out. So mm. that's okay. all. Yeah. All right. So. I think that's nearly a wrap. I think that is. I think it's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been uh, fantastic to spend this part of a, a show talking about uh, something we, we might get into, you know. Well, so, oh, the thing is, if
1: you hurry up and wrap this up because I want to get into my workshop and make a box now.
0: <laughs> Your workshop is a big box. I know. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All uh, right. We'll see you around in the socials. And, uh, gentlemen, all the best. And uh, yeah. keep posting and
3: uh, we'll yeah. keep admiring what you do. Thank you very much. Nice, nice, nice meeting you. David. I'll look you up on Instagram.
2: Will do. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for again. having us again.
1: <laughs> G'day, bud. How you going, Father? I'm good, mate. Listen, have you got any blanks from Mind Matter Create?
0: I certainly do. I, I just happen to have them here in front of you. Okay, I want to buy them, please, because I'm going to turn some pens. It's a pleasure to be able to do business. Here they are, sir. And uh, many happy returns on your pen-making endeavours. Thank you. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you have to pay for them. previous interviews with other people we sort of get off the tracks and chris ends up with hours upon hours of editing <laughs> which doesn't worry me No, it Where, me. Worries you,
1: oh that was your job doesn't matter doesn't matter well you're fired then get yeah. here all right
0: move the, the bench i'm moving the bench yeah with your hands on it
1: oh so you
0: want me to stop it then? Well, unless you want to edit the shaky, people will start talking about you, you're on the on the fizz Stop it. The problem I have is
1: once I already told Dirk that once he starts, he's like a bulldozer. Just keeps going until the very end. That's it, right? And I've got to try yeah. and pull it up. And say, hang on a minute. We've got all these people we've got to mention. You know. Yeah. So yeah. and it makes just it just makes it that much harder for me to edit the whole thing if I'm mm-hmm. trying to break in between one of his sentences you know
3: yeah
0: yeah he's a small world's smallest violin